Welcome to Call Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Call Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide Cole Johnson. That's right, I'm back. But I'm back in a different variety. Since we're entering the month of July, we're going to do something a little bit different. The regular format of the show is going to take a bit of a hiatus, pretty much like how the sports season has taken a hiatus. So for the next few episodes, you're going to actually get to hear me interview analysts in the month of July. I'm not taking a break from dotes of the week and dotes of the month and dotes of the quarter. But for this month, we're just going to focus on hearing new voices or voices you haven't heard. And it's time to bring that side to you right now. So what we're doing is we're opening up this month to what I'm calling the analyst series. And what that will feature will be voices that are very powerful in what they know in the world of sports. Up first is the head of content of Block Talk Radio and a former ESPN podcast head of content. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy is absolutely hilarious and he really is a quality guy. I introduce to you Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader. And this is going to be a preview of a future Cold Sports Conversations that I will release in August. So sit back and enjoy this episode with Pod Vader of Next Fan Up. Jay Cutler doesn't have a job in the NFL right now because he's a pretty good quarterback that could definitely help a team win right now. But if he were to go on the 49ers, he makes that team eight and eight. Well, does that really help the 49ers in the long run if they go eight and eight next season and they don't go three and three and uh, 13? Not really. I, I think the 49ers would prefer to have that closer to the front of the end draft pick so they can get the real quarterback of the future that they want instead of going eight and eight. And now they've got a mid a mid round first pick and they're not necessarily going to get one of those great quarterbacks that everyone's sort of hyping up this quarterback class next season. Of course they do that every year around this time, but <laughs> that quarterback next season's getting some major hype. If you want a quarterback next season's going to be the draft to get that quarterback. You're going to want an early round draft choice. So I'm going to stick with Brian Hoyer who, you know, oh, he's going to be okay for me. He's going to win me a game or two that'll keep the fan base sort of off my case. But ultimately, I'm still going to end up drafting my quarterback the future next year. Same thing with the New York Jets. Jets are in horrible shape right now. Yeah, uh, and, and they're looking at trotting out Josh McCown or Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg as their starting quarterback. Jay Cutler helps the Jets right now win a game but because of their offseason and because they let brandon marshall go is jay cutler bring them to the playoffs where they could compete uh in in that sort of arena probably not he's again probably getting the jets to seven and nine maybe eight and eight and that's just not good enough for the jets in the long run uh so again it's a yeah we're gonna suck this year we're not gonna tell everybody out there we're gonna suck we're gonna go out there and we're gonna have muhammad wilkerson say oh we're gonna win we're gonna win more games this year than we did last year no you're not <laughs> you can, you can try and convince yourself you are but you're not you're, you're horrible and 
you know, you're you're the number one contender for the first pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as far as Jay Cutler is concerned, he would make the 49ers eight and eight in his dreams. Uh. <laughs> See, I disagree. I think Jay Cutler gets a bad rap. Uh, and it's and it's obvious why he likes to throw a lot of interceptions. He takes the right. team on his shoulders and he forces a lot of throws that he shouldn't be forcing. And at right. this point in his career, trying to teach the old dog new tricks mm-hmm. to try and rein that in that that period is probably past. It's probably not going to happen. That mm-hmm. said, he does still have a huge arm. He does tend to be fairly accurate with that huge arm. If you put him in the right situation, if he's got, if he had, if you put Jay Cutler in Dallas, now obviously Dallas has Dak Prescott, but if you put Jay Cutler in Dallas, that team is still competing in the playoffs. Uh, he's cause he's got the right protection around him and all, and he'd have the right weapons around him. If you put Jay Cutler in New York with the, with the weapons that uh, you know, the, the Amish one, the Amish pistol had, uh, you know, Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler probably makes that team an AFC conference contender, uh, with Brandon Marshall and, and a healthy Eric Decker and, uh, you know, a, a strong running game behind him. I think Jay Cutler would do well, but now that Brandon Marshall is gone and some of the offensive line has sort of crumbled a little bit. Uh, now you're sort of like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Oh, I feel that it's and, and, and believe me, the reason why I say what I say about Jay Keller is not because of his talent. Uh, he, he oozes talent. There's no question. The body language of I really don't care what's really going on on the field is what bothers me about him. Mm. And I think that seeps. It seems to seep onto the rest of the team. Uh, that's seemingly how I, I looked at it when he was with the Broncos. And that's definitely how I looked at it when he was with the Bears. And for many people, after the 2010 MC Championship game, I mean, the Jay Cutler bandwagon became very light then, from then on. And, and the wagon has been few <laughs> with with people to pile on it. So I, I don't hate Jay Cutler for his talent. Yeah. And I agree with you. He's real talented. And you put him in the right place. He would do he would do some great damage. Just the mentality. That's the issue I have with him. Yeah. And I get that, too. Right. It's, yeah. I mean, good luck. Right. Uh, I'm with you on that. So you, uh, you mentioned one thing that I think will turn off a lot of people. So, uh, for those who want to bash Patriots, this will be when you have to put ears into, <laughs> to plus into your ears. I noticed that you are a, I can't say big. I can't say humongous. I just have to say mega Patriots fan. How in the world did you become, of all teams, a Pats fan? Uh, it was very easy. Uh, I was born and raised in New England. And uh, as I came to discover the game of football, my father instilled in me. And by the way, the story will be funny in just a few moments. My father instilled in me this uh, this one thing is you always have to root for the home team. Doesn't matter how good the other team is. Doesn't matter, uh, if that other team is chock full of, of superstars, you always root for the home team, no matter what. And so the year was 1983, right around then when I was first starting to get introduced to football and, um, Patriots, uh, yeah, they weren't, they weren't that good. Uh, but they ended up drafting this kid named Tony Eason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tony Eason, uh, out of that wonderful 83 draft class, was not the quarterback Patriots should have <laughs> taken away. Uh, of course, all of this is 
hindsight 2020. Of course. But uh, as a kid, I didn't understand a lot of it. And, and so anyway, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching Tony Eason play. And then, and then the year was 1984. And, uh, you know, Tony Eason is struggling a little bit. And I'm at my first ever, was it in 84? I don't remember. I know the Patriots went to the Super Bowl that year uh, and got crushed by the Chicago Bears, which many have considered one of the greatest teams of all time. And again, at that age, I had no idea about anything about the Chicago Bears. I was just all in on the New England Patriots and them finally getting over the orange crush because they could never win in Miami. They finally got through that uh, and and they made it to the Super Bowl. And that was, and that was a fantastic year. And then uh, my very first game I went to, they're playing the Jets. Uh, in Foxborough Stadium, the old Foxborough Stadium, which had oh, aluminum man. benches. It was quite possibly <laughs> the worst stadium I have ever sat in, uh, perhaps in my entire lifetime. Oh, and uh, Tony Easton struggling through the first half and second half begins and uh, Steve Grogan. Wait, or was it the other way around? I always get this confused, my friend. <laughs> One of the two quarterbacks started, did horrible. Next quarterback came in and won the game. And, and it was sort of like from then on out, it was just sort of there was no way. I mean, that was my very first NFL game uh, to watch my team struggle mightily in the first half and then come back and win in the second half. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to sway me from being a fan of any other team. And it's from that point on, I rooted for the Patriots with all my little heart and uh, through thick and thin through the losing seat. Oh my God. The Patriots had some <laughs> bad seasons uh, from that point on until, until this, this man named Robert Kraft purchased the mm-hmm. team. Yes. And, uh, and, and he had a, he had a brilliant way of purchasing the team. He bought the land around the stadium. So he bought all the parking lots. Oh, for the stadium. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Brilliant business decision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the team goes for sale and, and he buys the team and first hire he makes is Bill Parcells. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Bill Parcells is going to be the head coach of the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? The right. laughing stock of the NFL is going to have one of the greatest head coaches of all time. This is fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the number one pick in the draft, Drew Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I, I loved, I still love Drew Bledsoe. Uh, you will not tell me to this day there was any better quarterback. <laughs> That this New England Patriot team has had, uh, other than Drew Bledsoe. Uh oh. That's that's blasphemy. Oh, I do understand. I have five (laughs) Super Bowl rings from a quarterback not named Drew Bledsoe. (laughs) Right. And and by saying I have five uh, Super Bowl rings, I do not have a single Super Bowl (laughs) ring. I'm just a fan of a team that has five Super Bowl rings. Right. Uh, Right. But yeah, Drew Bledsoe, I, I mean, this guy saved the franchise from moving to St. Louis to where I had to decide if this team leaves New England, who am I rooting for? Am I rooting for the Jets? No, I could never, <laughs> ever root for that green team ever. <laughs> oh, no, that green no, team. <laughs> that's never happening. The Giants. Oh my God. Why does the state of Connecticut think that it's actually part of New York? It's one of the six New England states. We're taught this very early on in, in grammar school. It's not New York. It's New England. Our team is New England. Stop rooting for the Giants. So I'm not rooting for the Giants. I guess I'm rooting for that team in Buffalo. I, at least they have the same colors. They're red, white, and blue. Right. I could go, I, I guess. 
I guess if this team leaves, I'm going to root for Buffalo. They don't leave. Thank God. Drew Bledsoe mm-hmm. saved my franchise. And for that, I shall forever be grateful. And of course, the rest is history. I, I mentioned this, this Tom Brady character, five Super Bowl <laughs> rings, greatest quarterback of all time, without a oh, doubt. Lord. It's, yeah, it's just been, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I've been, I, the, the only thing I can say is I was a fan of this team before all of that mm-hmm. happened. So right. I can revel in all of this. My son, when the team loses <laughs> in the conference championship, oh, this team sucks. Um, you don't understand <laughs> what sucks is, son. No. <laughs> you just don't. You just don't understand. Uh, he has no right to complain <laughs> at all, ever. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. There's so many nuggets in that one. Uh, yeah, we will have to talk about Brady being the GOAT uh, later. Well, that's inarguable. <laughs> I, they, you, you can't argue that anymore. I, it's it's one of those things where, and yes, I know I'm, I'm a fan of the team, but of that Super Bowl that just occurred against the Atlanta Falcons, they were losing 28 to 3. And yeah... <laughs> And yeah, the Falcons, they could have ran the ball and they could have done a whole other, a whole other bunch of stuff. But you want right. to know what I always complain about with the Patriots or with any team? Ah, oh, they took the foot off the gas pedal and that team got back in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You either, you're either going to keep your foot on that gas pedal and you're going to run the score up like right. a certain New England team did a couple of seasons ago, <laughs> or you're going to take your foot off the gas pedal and you're going to let the other team get back into it. Which is it going to be? And the Falcons mm-hmm. all season long, it, if you look back last year and you see how the Falcons ended up playing games, they'd go up to these giant leads and then they'd lose them. And it would always come down. I mean, every game was to the last kickoff because of the way that they played the game. I am not going to fault. And yes, I understand this turned out to my benefit. I'm not going to fault the coaching staff for going, we have to keep the foot on the pedal and keep scoring on this team because they're going to come back on us. And the fact that the fact that they did in the manner that they did it and and Brady just ice cold man ice cold never once concerned about it i mean i i believe i had if i didn't tweet this i had said it to someone i was like i'm not going to be surprised if they come back and win cuz i've seen them do it before right but what i am going to be is in this particular spot simply amazed at the fact that he's done it so many times and that there is never ever going to be a game from this point on that you can say the game is over ever with this new england patriot team you can never say oh the score is 50 to 3 up this game is over nope it's not (laughs) not it when tom brady's the quarterback of that team and not when bill belichick's the head coach uh you will never have a score big enough to say that this game is over until you see them turn around and hand the ball off and that's what they did with an injured jacoby Brissett in that loss against i believe it was to the bills last season basically garoppolo was hurt Brissett was hurt and brady was still was still suspended. The Patriots rolled over in that game because they didn't have any other choice but to try and get out of that game as healthy as possible so that when Brady came back, he could, you know, light up the Cleveland Browns. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was a a beautiful season. Everything about last season was just, was exactly the way it should have been. And, uh, you know, from this point on, I mean, anything that ends up happening with the Patriots, they win a Super Bowl. They don't want to, everything is gravy. I don't, to me, it's like 
I, I've, I've, there's enough rings to cover one hand. Yeah. Sure. Be great to have that perfect season that eluded them. Thanks to that giants team <laughs> that I don't recall, <laughs> but you know, there, there really is nothing else. Like I am really surprised that Belichick and Brady still have that drive to just continue to compete because there's nothing left for them really to achieve other than that perfect season. So as soon as they get that first loss, it's like, well, this season's a, this season's a wash because it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter if they finish the season at the Super Bowl or they finish the season in the playoffs. It ultimately, like, I don't need them to win. It's a great place for me to be in as a fan, having mm-hmm. lived through literally the, the lowest of lows with this team and the right. highest of highs. Yeah. I get, I have the ability now to be sort of a free agent, which is why every season <laughs> now on the next fan up podcast, I adopt a boyfriend. So I have sort of the boyfriend team that I'll root for. Last year, it was the Kansas City Chiefs. This year, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love oh. everything Jacksonville has done. It all comes down to whether Blake Bortles can take that next step or not. A lot of people don't think he can. I'm going to put my faith that he can. Uh that he will make that next step. He's got the right weapons around him. He's got the right team around him. Now it's just a matter of that quarterback getting the job done. And if he can't get it done this year, he's never going to get it done. And they got to move on and get another quarterback in that spot. Well, I fully agree with your Jaguars take 100%. Uh, the moves they had made to just to get all the talent that they have now on that team is phenomenal. I mean, it, it is rival to me what the Raiders have done out West to build their team basically from nothing to something with a whole ton of talent all over the team. But yeah, I mean, it is all about Blake Bortles there. Now, as for your goat take, I, I see two games that just preclude me from ever saying that he's the goat. And both of them were against the same team. The one that you, <laughs> the one that you say that you would never root for because they aren't in New England. And the one that was coached by the team that is now helmed again by one Tom Coughlin. Uh, I can't go GOAT because of two L's in the Super Bowl from Brady. That's the only reason why I can't go GOAT with him. However, I will definitely say he's the GOT. He is the greatest of this time. And I haven't seen a quarterback that is that is as good as he is. And you can say Aaron Rodgers. You could say Ben Roethlisberger. You could say Drew Brees. None of them touch Tom Brady in this time, period. They just don't. Peyton Peyton Manning Manning was close. He was close. close. He was close. And the only reason why he was close is he handled, he handled Brady three out of four AFC championship games. Outside of that, that's the only, that's the only on the field blemish other than the two L's in Super Bowl that would actually say, well, there is just no equal to Brady in this time period. But even with that said, Brady is better than even Manning and. He definitely is the greatest at this time. And the fact that, and, 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 and yes, you are one of the rare breed. You are one of the rare breed that you can actually claim the team and say, Hey, I actually was with them when they were down the doldrums. And yes, I remember that stadium that had the aluminum, <laughs> aluminum uh, benches for, for seats. Oh, that and stadium was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. And I do remember the, I do remember the doldrums before uh, and the up and down roller coaster from Steve Grogan. Uh, the team would show some, some, some promise and then they would dip. And then Easton came in and that the, the season that you alluded to when the Patriots went to Super Bowl and got stomped by the Bears, that was the 85 season. Uh, right. Uh, there, there are issues with just with getting any type of, of, of fandom to really back the team. Uh, the, the flutie stage when things look promising, but they didn't get over the hump. And then 
like you said, the the doldrums again where the team was getting ready to move and then Drew Brees, I'm sorry, Drew Bledsoe and <laughs> Bill Parcells, that tandem, bringing them back to it, bringing them to a super, bringing them back to another Super Bowl, which I want to touch on, not that Super Bowl. I want to touch on Drew Bledsoe. Since I can actually ask you this question, I will. Why is he so forgotten when it comes to Patriots fans outside of like you, a, a diehard? Because five rings. That's yeah. really it. Yeah. It, it's really it. It's five rings plus, I mean, Drew Bledsoe did not lose that Super Bowl to the Packers. That, no. That Super that Bowl was it. lost because of special teams. Desmond Howard went off and had, you know, the, we always talk about this game is three facets and, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was because Parcells was flirting with the Jets or whatever it was, but something happened there that they let their guard down on special teams. And that's how they ended up losing that Super Bowl was to special teams. And from that point on, Bledsoe, was never put in a position to succeed again. Uh, right. Pete Carroll came in and whether it was a hundred percent Pete Carroll's fault or whatnot, yeah. I still blame Pete Carroll. I mean, that team tanked every, every season from that point on, they had a worse record and it wasn't Drew Bledsoe's fault. It was the shopping of the groceries. It was exactly what Parcells <laughs> was so upset line. about. It was exactly what Parcells was upset about and why he ended up leaving the team because yeah. they bought the wrong groceries to fit mm-hmm. around that quarterback. Yeah. You know, they needed to have he they had a big armed quarterback right. who had trouble making the right decision right off the bat of the line. That's and if true. you gave him enough protection, he mm-hmm. was going to get that ball downfield to a fast, speedy receiver that could right. make the play. But mm-hmm. you had to make sure he had his boob he, he had his booby and that was his tight end. <laughs> Right. Uh, and he had a speeder, speedy wide receiver, and that was Terry Glenn. But if those two things were taken away from him, he was, he was in a bad place. I was about to say yeah. a bad word, um, <laughs> but he would be put in a bad place and he never had time. You know, my buddy, you, my buddy who's also a Patriots fan likes to talk about Bledsoe. He's like, this is my Bledsoe impression. Five step drop, pat the ball, pat the ball. Oh, the ball just got hit and it's thrown <laughs> backwards 10 yards like that. I'm just like, thanks. That's oh, kind of accurate. But at the same yeah. time, not how I like to remember Drew Bledsoe. I like to remember Drew Bledsoe on his last play of his rookie oh. year in overtime against the Dolphins, throwing it deep to Michael Timpson. Who? Yeah, exactly. Throwing it deep (laughs) to Michael Timpson to win that game and keep the Dolphins out of the playoffs. It was, that was, that was the, oh yeah, we got this. It was like, oh, (laughs) this team is actually going to be good. Like, I can't believe it. This team is actually going to be a good team. Um, that's the way I like to remember Drew Bledsoe is that play in particular. And then, of course, I mean, there's plenty of other games. The game he yeah. ended up losing against the Vikings, but had 70 pass 70 attempts. Passes. That was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and we'd never seen that before. It wasn't just that we've never seen that in a Patriots quarterback. We'd never seen that ever before mm-hmm. uh, in NFL history. So it was just one of those things where, you know, it started there with Bledsoe. The evolution to Brady and the, and the thing that Brady does well is the thing that Charlie Weiss said when he first showed up as the head coach at Notre Dame. And this is the philosophy that has been instilled from Bill Parcells down to Belichick and down through the tree. You're only as good 
as the parts you have. And the understanding of the way that those parts work uh, is what makes the Patriots work. If, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, that dink and dunk offense, it'll never work. It'll never work. Well, no, that's not true. It right. does work mm-hmm. <laughs> if you stick with it and right. you understand that my guy that I'm dinking to is better than the guy you've decided to cover him uh, because the guy you've decided to cover him with is like your third or fourth cornerback on the depth chart. But this guy is my number one receiver and he's on the inside of the field and he's going to outplay your guy. If I continue to do that, if I continue to put my guys in a position to succeed, mm-hmm. to utilize their strengths and cover up their weaknesses, you're going to lose every single time. Right. And that's sort of the beauty of what the Patriots do. And, and mm-hmm. it, I, it's been said over and over again, but I don't think people really understand that that's exactly the thing that the Patriots do better than anyone else has ever done. And that's why Bill Belichick is also the GOAT. I will go a little along further with you with that one. I will say that I, I will definitely say Belichick is the GOAT of coaches in the NFL. I will definitely say that. And how the, the Patriots run their offense, I can I, I liken them to Chinese water torture. One drop won't do it, but you keep getting that drop, hitting the same spot over and over and over again. Sooner or later, that whole whatever surface that the water's dropping on will erode. And that is what that's how I view the Patriots offense, especially now. You know, five yard pass here, seven yard pass there, three or four yard run here. They, they'll, they'll explode and hit one at the right time. But they just keep hitting, hitting that same spot. That water keeps hitting that same spot. And then sooner or later, that surface will erode. Well, if you notice their scores, and and I'm sure someone could do a better job of this statistically than I'll do perceptionally. The scores at halftime are always like uh, Mm -hmm. 13-10, 10-7. They're really low scoring. And then you look at the final score and all of a sudden the Patriots have right. 35. Exactly. 42. This is exactly what you're talking about. That yeah. They're not going to kill you in the first half of the game. They're going to kill you in the second half. And yeah. you're not going to be able to do anything to stop it because they've shown you exactly how they're going to beat you. And you have nothing to right. answer to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the podcast host of The Next Fan Up and head of content of Block Talk Radio, Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader. And, of course, as you also can hear, a huge Patriots fan. Uh, but at least he comes by it honestly. I can't really fault him for it. Now, if you happen to like what you've heard on this episode or any episode previous to this one, come on down to ColdSports.com. That's ColdSportsWithAZ.com. It's ColdSportsWithAZ.com. Check me out. Check out the product. Check out the books. Check out the merchandise. Go ahead and purchase them. Or, while you're going to mine, get that for free. But all you have to do is go to ColdSportsWithAZ.com. That's ColdSportsWithAZ.com. But if you want to really reach me, this the place is simple. Cold Sports with a Z dot com. I said Cold Sports with a Z dot com. See, it doesn't matter where you listen to me, how you listen to me, or when you do. You just have to do this one simple thing, VIP. Really simple. All you have to do is enjoy the content. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson, and this is... Cole Sports!
You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.